The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. And welcome into another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. Everyone will appreciate you all for joining us here this Wednesday evening, or if it's one of your fa- later on in the week when you're listening on one of your favorite places to catch podcasts. It is DJ joined as always by my co-host Kelsey. And you know, Kelsey, it's become a bit of an annual tradition. It's one of our favorite times of the year. We're going bowling, and not the, not that kind of bowling. There'll be no strikes. There might be some turkeys, but we're going to go through the college bowl games and have ourselves a blast today. Yeah, no, I'm excited. This is the best time, you know, like I said, you know, in, in our tier two tier Tuesdays. So one of the best times of the year. Not same reasons for the NFL, but because college football, it's bowl season. And while a lot of times when we were growing up, we could remember all the great times thinking of all these great athletes committing to their team, committing to their college team, playing in the bowl games. No, no, it's not because of that. It's because we get to see a bunch of freshmen and a bunch of sophomores playing these games. And we get to see where all these kids end up in the transfer portal because nowadays there's so many opt-outs a lot of the bulls sometimes struggle to put a good you know experienced team out there but you get to see some of the heart of these freshmen some of these kids that don't get to play off them i mean remember a couple of years ago the rose bowl no garrett wilson no chris olave oh jackson smith and joko puts on the performance of a lifetime you get opportunities like that from a lot of these guys that help their stock a little bit maybe if they're a future draft option or someone vying for a starting spot or looking to next year so there's a lot of good opportunities here so we're gonna get into all of that here coming up but first we got a few other things we're gonna touch on so that's gonna take us right into the tip off and the tip off of course brought to you by our friends at geek seat seat geek use code belly of sports for 20 dollars off your first order on any set of tickets excuse me guys speaking is not on my strong suit today as well and you know it's i'm talking almost like i got hit in the mouth and you know what i think that's a good transition to what we're talking about today because speaking of getting hit in the mouth Draymond Green is at it again, and officially, as of 120 seconds ago, the NBA is suspending Draymond Green indefinitely after his transgression with Yusef Nurkic, and this kind of was my first thought. We were going to start this as what should they do with him because he is once again at it, once again just doing Draymond things. They made the right choice here. My initial thing I was going to say when we started was suspend until the All-Star break. At this point, suspend until the All-Star break, get him counseling, do something, because right now, He's lashing out almost like a very hormonal teen, pregnant teenager with that. Anyone looks at me, starts flailing. And it's not just flagrant fouls or chest bumping or hard fouls. He has a more combative highlight reel the last 14 months than half of the UFC fighters, it feels like. Rear naked chokes, spinning back fists. Like, he looks like a prime Shoney Carter out there. This is absolutely ridiculous. He needs to see counseling or something at this point. But the NBA made the right move, suspending him indefinitely. Don't put a time frame on it. You gave John Morant 25 games for his transgressions. Draymond Green is assaulting people. So I think it definitely is the right move. Yeah, no, this is ridiculous that he even got into this position again, right? Like, if anybody watched this, if you watched the play, if you haven't watched the play, please just search it on on anything, YouTube, Twitter, um, any sort of platform, Facebook. All you have to do is see that Draymond, first of all, was already embellishing the fact that Yusuf Nurkic was touching him. Quite literally, just had a hand on the man. Yeah, just touching him. Just like, I'm going to touch you just a little bit. Like, it's almost like the old brother sister commercial where it's like, I'm not touching you. That was literally what Nurkic was doing to him. And Draymond was already flowing. And it was the, the, the amount of force he put on that spinning back fist was insane. I mean, he might as well call him, you know, a Beyblade with how much, you know, whip he got on that. Like, that's, that was, a, that was, that was crazy. I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised to think that that was premeditated. That was just it, it seemed to be set up from the start of it all. So I don't mind at all the indefinite indefinite suspension. Um, if you're going to put a timeline on it, end of the year. I, I like end of the regular season at the very, 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 bare minimum for me, which if you're Draymond, that probably means great things because now you can just talk about your podcast or, you know, put out more podcast episodes for the next six months. And then, oh, I'm ready to go to the playoffs. All right, let's go, guys. And, you know, then go kick somebody in the playoffs. I think it's in the playoffs, but... Yeah, I mean, or step on somebody like last year. I mean, geez, it's it's ridiculous to see what he's done. I mean, you look at the highlight reel. You talked about it, the combative highlight reel for the last six months or last 14 months. It's wild. Uh, the amount of players he's put in headlocks, hit, kicked, tackled at one point in time in his career. I, I mean... Let's not even include the Jordan Poole incident in this. Like, it just on the court during an active game, not including Jordan Poole, 
we're still upwards of double digits here. I mean, I'm gonna ignore his blatant nut shots that made him popular in the mid 2010s. Like those are the things that kind of got him popular on this run. We're gonna just go into the last year and a couple of months, but since this training camp last year, the Jordan Poole incident, Superman punch basically. Yeah. Stomping on Sabonis's chest, illegal in most fighting organizations to kick a downed opponent. Like just throwing that out there as well. Throwing Donovan Mitchell into the first row, hit the tossing him into the first row. Okay, maybe like the least of your it doesn't even make the highlight reel, but it's still kind of bad at this point. Like it's still something to not overlook. Now we got choking Rudy Gobert, putting him in a rear naked choke and dragging him. And now you got a spinning back fist on your like he looks like he's he's trying to match John Jones with creative ways to assault somebody at this point. The difference is that's John Jones's game, and that's what you're paid to do. Draymond is doing this because he's it's he looks like he's lashing out and can't control himself. He looks like a he looks like a I'm going back to the met- metaphor I used earlier. He looks like a teenage a hormonal teenager who also is pregnant at the same time. This looks like 16 and pregnant, just cranked up to 11. How he overreacts to everything and starts attacking. I mean. It wouldn't be crazy to think that the guy's on steroids with the way he's reacting. He's definitely, you know what? It won't rule it out, I suppose. I mean, professional. I mean, we've all heard of roid rage. This seems like something that is just, it's so out of character because, I mean, uh, I can't say that because he has been kind of this way his whole career, but for a normal basketball player, it's so out of character. You're so focused on being the alpha everywhere else on the court that this isn't necessarily something you do. This isn't even something Bill Lambeer did. Okay, we're talking about the heart of the bad boys. Like, this is something so out of the norm that it it's shocking. I mean, in a lot of ways, it is it is shocking. It, it feels dramatic to say it that way, but it really does feel shocking that somebody has done so much, all, like, as far as a putting together an MMA reel in the NBA in their career. And they didn't play in the 90s or the 80s or the 70s. And they are currently considered a top-tier player. And also don't produce on offense. So, like, I don't know how you can do all of that and then still do the things he's doing and keep getting away with, away with it. And Steve Kerr, I love, love Steve Kerr to death as a coach, but you got to also hold your player accountable. This is the third straight incident in which he's just like, I don't know. I didn't see it. I don't know. I don't have an opinion on it right now. Like, oh, really, Steve? You, he has it. He has a comment on everything else that happens in the world. Sometimes, rightfully so, as well, too. But this one, you just can't seem to find the words for it. But kind of weird how that works out. It's disappointing when his jump shot is not even in the top five most offensive things about his game right now. But if you look at his real, his jump shot's not even in the top five as far as offensive things that we see. He he scored twelve points this season, and people were shocked. People were shocked that he scored 12 points in a game. It's just like, wait, what? Draymond? No. And it was only on four shots. He hit four threes. Hit, it was like, what is going on? We thought the world was going to end. That's Draymond. I'm not going to say the league's better without him, but if you're trying to make a statement for the league and try to get all this out of the league and you're, you're no longer trying to tie yourself to the 90s and the bad boys of basketball and keep it clean, suspending John Morant, I'm sorry, but Draymond's on the list at this at this point he didn't learn from nearly costing his team and arguably costing his team in nba finals nearly a decade ago he didn't learn from when he was in the garden and got absolutely just shaken he even admitted to being shaken until steph took all the pressure on himself and started trash talking the crowd in the nba finals a couple years ago and it seems like since him and jordan pool that little scuffle he's decided he has to be the tough he's trying to be a real life debo at this point and i don't i don't get it it's He's trying to be Kevin Garnett. He he is actually trying to be Kevin Garnett. The difference is Kevin Garnett is that way. Draymond is like the nerdy kid trying to be like the big bad bully. It just doesn't work. I'm sorry. And KG had game too. I mean, like he actually had he actually had game besides KG could actually put up 20 on you, 30 on you if you if you needed to, 40 on you in his heyday. Get and then by the way, still give you 10 boards and 10 blocks. Okay, he had the he had the game to go with it despite everything else. But so yeah. looks like in my opinion, we agree the NBA got it right. We'll see how long it definitely ends up being, but hopefully it's not just a slap on the wrist. Hopefully, for lack of better terms, it's a spinning back fist to the wrist, if anything. Maybe a rear naked choke. But we're gonna we're gonna kind of shift gears here. This episode's all about college football. That's why we're here for real quickly. Heisman trophy race comes to gets announced this last weekend. Jay Daniels walks with the Heisman trophy. 
I think we both were kind of in agreement the previous week. It makes sense. No complaints. We would have taken Michael Penix, but I mean, you can't really go wrong with Jaden Daniels at this point. It feels like his tremendous season. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I, I'm not, I mean, not what I'd say there. <laughs> no, I, I mean, you're right. I, I, I said this on, on the college football show. Um, I, I still think Michael Penix should have been the guy, but I wholeheartedly understand why Michael, uh, why, why Jaden Daniels won. Um, I don't think that's the issue with the Heisman Trophy this year. I think this is pretty straightforward for the first three, for the first four. I mean, it makes sense their order they're in. I get it all. The egregious part of this whole Heisman Trophy comes to the fact J.J. McCarthy (laughs) got one vote for first place in the Heisman Trophy. And I'm not saying that like he deserved more. I'm saying that because that is the second most egregious thing to happen. Now it is the first most egregious thing to happen this year in the college football rankings, the first number previous number one being what happened to Jalen Milrow this season by people thinking he was not a good quarterback. Blasphemy. He's a good quarterback. But number two being that JJ McCarthy got a number, got, got one uh, first place vote. If anything, that first place vote should have gone to his teammate, Blake Corum and make Blake Corum have four first place votes. Uh, and Blake Corum finishing ninth in this, this entire thing. He should have finished higher in the, in the race. I think he, is the embodiment of his offensive line, and like Ricky Williams did, gave a lot of credit to his offensive line. Blake Corum does the same thing, and and I, and, you know, I said this on the show many times. I think Blake Corum and that offensive line combined make a Heisman Trophy winner. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think top four makes sense, uh, except for the South's voting when it came to Marvin Harrison Jr. They placed him sixth in the South. He ranked six on the ballot of the top ten. That's I'm sorry. Like Marvin Harrison is hamstrung by Kyle McCord and yet still put up top tier numbers. Sure, they weren't the best receiving numbers in the year, but I'm sorry, Malik Neighbors, who has Jalen Jaden Daniels throwing it to him, did put up the highest amount of yards. I was gonna say you took the words right out of my mouth. I think a lot of people, especially the ones that have followed the SEC die hard, especially the from the South voting. They saw Malik Nabber's numbers and some of the plays he made. Like, oh, it should have been him. You clearly outperformed him. Stop. No. Not even a little bit. Give Marvin Harrison Jr., Jaden Daniels, and that team's undefeated walking away, and it's not even close. You put yeah, Jaden I mean, Daniels on that on that Ohio State team, we're not even talking about J.J. McCarthy or Blake Corham right now. No, not at all. And that's the thing is, is and here, here's what's crazy with Jaden Daniels winning this, right? He does this with three losses. Imagine if the dude was given a defense. Like, this is the worst LSU defense he's, that team has had in decades. I mean, really decades. And – He's out here just like, okay, well, I'll go score 60. I mean, it might be a 60 to 52 game, but I'm going to score 60. And it's fascinating to see that. I mean, last few Heisman Trophy winners, three, two losses, something like that, one loss. There hasn't been an undefeated Heisman Trophy winner in a while, it feels like. Um, I don't know the exact date, but I, it does feel like it's been a long time. Wasn't it technically, technically Bryce Young because he was undefeated then they lost in the championship after the Heisman? I'm just going to go – Whole season, so that way yeah, we're going back to Joe Burr at that point. Or yeah, no, Devontae I mean, Smith. Never mind, Devontae Smith exists. I forgot. Oh yeah, Devontae. Yeah, okay, I guess Devontae. Yeah, so but yeah, I know what you're getting at as well too. Like it, seeing him not have like the one loss undefeated streak, seeing them yeah. go with just best player. It was very Lamar Jackson esque when Lamar won it too. It's like all right, this is clearly the most dynamic best player. We don't give a you know what about the team win losses. He can score sixty, but if the defense gives up sixty two. Yeah. What's he supposed to do? Exactly. I mean, it's absolutely. That's why I appreciated what the Heisman voters did this year I, I do get it um i do appreciate that um and and i will say this i, I don't know if Jaden daniels has the best career in the next level just based off everything but i will say out of the top three those three quarterbacks i think those are honestly i could arguably say if they went to the draft today i feel like are the best three quarterbacks in the draft because i'm sorry caleb williams i still have not proven on caleb williams to this day i've given the benefit of the doubt to him but it still feels like this is a guy that's He's another USC self-anointed quarterback, or not self-anointed, but media-anointed savior from USC, it feels like. What about Drake May? Drake May is Drake May. Um, Honestly, he looks like Ben 10 just grew up, Uh, so I don't really want to place him anywhere yet. Uh, I I don't know. I don't don't, don't, know. We have some potential season hot takes on the way. No, I just don't don't compare anybody from North Carolina to anybody. Uh, It's just hard. I mean, no, I get you. I'm just busting balls for like, yeah, no, I get it. But no, it's true. Like, I do think those three quarterbacks are just right now, I think this year, 
it's safe to say they were the best quarterbacks. And then going into the draft, they're carrying the most momentum, which we've seen couple into great careers in the NFL. Like Brock Purdy being the perfect example of that career-wise in, in college, not great. But he parlayed that part. I mean, he had one of the best in Ohio, Iowa State, but that's still not great. Yeah. Um, I mean, but he parlayed that last season into one of the best at Iowa State and turned it into, yeah, sure, he was Mr. Irrelevant, but look at him now. I mean, he parlayed that into what is a good NFL career just so far. Um, I mean, who knows what's next. But, yeah, I, I do think the, the Heisman voters got it right nonetheless. Absolutely. I do think if Jay Daniels goes to the right spot, he could be a good fit, but it all he's one of those that depends where he goes. He goes to the right spot, he's Lamar. He goes to the wrong spot. Justin Fields before the last few games, basically something like that, honestly, like good, good luck. But you know what? We'll, we're going to keep an eye on that. We can go on draft talk all day. That's what we like to do. I have a quick impromptu one for you. We're going to guess or no before we go bowling. NFL is talking about outline the hip drop tackle. Good move, bad move. Absolutely stupid. Do we need to dedicate a whole episode to this? Oh my gosh. I just, you know what? Just play with flags. I mean, nowadays I, I can just see it now. Somebody's going to tackle somebody, wrap around them, and they're like, oh, that's a hip drop tackle. That's illegal. You're ejected. That's 15 yards, and it's going to be on a, you know, fourth and long, fourth and 30 from the opposing, like, you're, they, they're inside their own end zone, like, inside their own end zone, and it's, like, gets them in the midfield. Like, I can just see that happening now, and everybody's going to be up in arms, and then it's going to cost somebody a Super Bowl. It's just – I get the idea of dropping – of getting rid of that, but I'm just going to stop and just say it's the stupidest idea I've ever heard because you can't outlaw a style of tackling because there's so many different ways to tackle somebody based off momentum and based off of physicality. You're telling me a corner tackling Derek Henry is going to be able to tackle him without a hip drop. I'm sorry. No, I'm going to stand by that. I don't think the hip drop thing is actually real. I think it's literally you have a bad angle and you're just trying to get somebody to the ground because from behind in those positions, you can't grab them and spin them. You can't square up with them. Usually you're usually behind with a bad angle. The only other thing is dive at their ankles and hope you ankle pick them or something like that, or ankle bite them, ankle bite them. It's the only way to bring someone down from that angle most of the time. So I don't think the hip drop exists. I really don't think it's an actual thing. It's people grabbing and just trying to bring somebody down. Yeah, it's it's momentum. Really, that's what it is. It's momentum carrying you into that position that it looks like a hip drop. It's but momentum. realistically, you're just yeah. It's you're you're along for the ride, and you are smaller than the other person nine times out of ten. You know what's going to happen in their place? People are going to jump and turn into a backpack, and knees are going to collapse from underneath them. Their legs are going to fold backwards. Oh, when that happens. Uh, this is why you don't do don't overthink things. NFL, like the, if you're going to take that away, strap on the strap on the belt and start pulling. Start pulling. I mean, I'm flag. fine. I'm fine if they want to go to flag football at this just point. Don't 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 pee on me and tell me it's raining at this point. Yeah. Just actually do it. Like you're already doing it for the Pro Bowl. Just at this point in time, do it that way. I'm okay with that. If that's the case. Everyone go check out the fantasy football expo where you'll see us playing some real football next year. If that's gonna be the case. We'll be seeing us play NFL football next year. But anyway, we've we've gone on long enough on our tangent. You know what, Kelsey? I it's about time to go bowling, and we got a lot of games to go through, so we got to make sure we're wide awake for this segment. Absolutely. We and we are. And that's that's, that's the best part. Thanks to our friends over at Magic Mind. They have hooked us up well, with a new tropic. It's really an energy supplement. It goes along with your normal breakfast time. It's been absolutely fantastic. I've talked about it many a times here. I struggle, wholeheartedly struggle, with staying awake and, and, and daytime drowsiness and a lot of you know brain fog. So one of the big things is trying to figure out how to do that. You can only drink so much caffeine because before you become sick and before we get just shaky and then you can't sleep at night and then your issues compound themselves. Uh, so, I, you know, Magic Mind was nice enough to reach out. Absolutely been fantastic. You just take it along with your normal morning routine. So I drink the little V8 energy drinks. Drink one of those. Drink the Magic Mind. It's been absolutely fantastic. You know, it, it just allows me to be productive throughout the day without any of the fog. I don't have to worry about, you know, not even six hours, two hours into my day, all of a sudden being exhausted and not being able to keep my eyes open. I can keep powering through that. Stay focused. I stay on task. I get way more done than normal. It's absolutely fantastic for me. Um, and, you know, that's my opinion. With it. I love it. I absolutely, absolutely love it. Uh, you know, looking at the products in it, it's, you know, it's all made from all natural ingredients. So you have things like ashwagandha, matcha, which is a good source of caffeine. It's not like it's not a heavy sugar situation. So it's always really great for you. And also lion's made mushrooms. We already talked about how those help your, you know, help your mental fortitude and help you remember things. But absolutely super helpful for it all. 
I totally recommend it. And so does Magic Mind. They fully support their brand. They are 100% money back guaranteed. So if you don't like it, you can always get your money back for it. One of the big parts of why I believe in this brand and why I love their product so much. Um, if you guys get the chance, head on over to magicmind.com backslash high low sports and get your, you know, you learn more information there, or you can head on over there and then pick up your order. And if you do, use the code HILO20 and you will get 50% off of a subscription with the code. Or if you already have a subscription going, 20% off future orders. So absolutely definitely huge huge help for sure definitely want to check that out. it's going it's magical if you if you dare say so ourselves so definitely once again use code hilo 20 for 56 percent off your subscription order and it's time the one we've been waiting for the annual trip going bowling through the college football bowl season as well too we're going to go our way through every game some will get a little bit more attention than others other other ones we're going to cruise through so we're going to start right at the top we got the myrtle beach bowl jordan southern taking on ohio and DJ is going to roll with Ohio for this one as well. Kelsey, which way are we leaning? Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm going Ohio. I had, I don't, nothing against Georgia Southern. Just It feels like an Ohio win. Absolutely. Next, we have the Celebration Bowl, which these two teams is going to be celebrating, Florida A&M or Howard. I do like Howard. I think they're a pretty solid squad, but I'm going to lean a little bit more towards Florida A&M in this game. Yeah, if you guys don't know about Celebration Bowl, it is the HBCU Bowl. It is the national championship for HBCUs. Absolutely fantastic game. Every year we've seen it. Last year, South Carolina State upset Jackson State. That was the Dion coach, Jackson State. And uh, South Carolina State being the home to one former Shaquille Leonard um, back when he played too. Uh, so um, it's a really fun game every year. If you don't get a chance, it, chance to see it, or if you get the chance to see it, definitely check it out. I am also going Florida A&M. I love the Rattlers. Uh, their band is one of the most fantastic bands in the, in the, in the land. And by the way, wide receivers coach, Chad Ochocinco. There's yes, there's the, the band knows how to step in, step properly too. You can't you can't you can't have false steps in that game. This, so. And this is no this is no Nick Cannon drumline situation. This is an actual real quality band. Oh, good. So we're, that means the dr- that means the drummers aren't going to end up with 19 kids at one point. So that's good to know as well. No, no, no. This is real life. This is real life where they're, they're actually good and it's not super corny. Well, I'm just saying he does have 19 kids in real life, but that's a whole nother. So that's a whole nother story. Next, we're going to go to the New Orleans Bowl. We're going to go to the Big Easies. We got Jacksonville State taking on Louisiana, and I'm going to take the outlier. I'm going to say the quote unquote away team, Jacksonville State, will come in and get the win over Louisiana. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't mind that pick at all. Um, but I am riding with the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Raging Cajuns. Honestly, it's this is one of the better nickname matchups for me. And I did this. I talked about this last year. I love nickname matchups. This is the Gamecocks versus the Raging Cajuns. I don't know mm-hmm. if you can have two better high-quality nicknames in the game. Um, but, yeah, Raging Cajuns just sounds a lot better. Plus, Raging Cajuns sounds like they can cook, uh, you know, chicken. So That they can. If we're having a cook-off, I'm changing my pick real quick. Like, like it doesn't get much better than the Raging Cajuns. But next we're going to head on down to the Cure Bowl as the Miami of Ohio takes on Appalachian State and I'm going to lean towards Miami of Ohio in this one. I think it's a weirdly close game, but I'm going to give the slight edge to the Miami OU. Yeah. Hey, that's, I don't blame you. Um, the Red Hawks from Miami, uh, alma mater of one former Steelers quarterback there. We don't um, no, they're, they're a really good team. They're honestly probably one of the more even teams in, the, in, 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 as far as a non power five team as a lower rank team. Um, App State, though. Just feels a little bit different as far as on that level. They feel like they're more of a higher echelon, low tier, if that makes sense. So I'm gonna go App State on this one. I'm probably wrong, honestly. This one is this is the one I've always torn about. I was really literally leaning towards Miami the whole time. You know what? I mean, since we've done this, I did better the first year, but since then you've had the edge on me so far. So this might be one of those difference maker ones. But next we have the New Mexico Bowl. Is Fresno State is taking on the away team, New Mexico State, and. I'm not overthinking this one. I'm taking New Mexico State in the New Mexico Bowl. Yeah. How about New Mexico State being the away team in a New Me- in a bowl named after the state they play they are from? Uh, absolutely hilarious. Fresno State too up and down for me this season. New Mexico State huge upsets this year. A really good quality team. Uh, Jerry Kill has done a fantastic job with that team since coming back from his health retirement. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, New Mexico State as well. Yeah, absolutely. Very interesting. Whoever whoever thought of that, uh, they they might need to rethink things. Just flip the home <laughs> and the way thing. But next we have the LA Bowl is UCLA taking on Boise State. And you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and flip the exact same thing I said there. 
I'm actually going to pick Louisiana. Excuse me. I'm going to pick UCLA to lose in this one to Boise State. I think Ooh. UCLA's quarterback transferring, Dante Moore, a little bit of uneasiness talk about with the Chip Kelly situation there overall from rumors he might be on like his last leg, that sort of thing. I'm going to go ahead and say that UCLA is going to going to lose this one. So I'm going to I'm going to go against everything I just said. I'm going to take Boise State, who's been surprisingly good. Not Kellen Moore or Jared Zabransky good, but surprisingly good this year. Yeah, I, you know I don't mind that pick. UCLA is a really is a really good team, and so is Boise State. Um, but without quarterbacks and things like that for UCLA playing, like I said, there's opt outs this season, so it's always tough to pick these teams. I do like the Boise State pick, but I am going the other way. I'm going at home UCLA. I say at home, thirty minutes from home, even though it's only ten miles. Thirty mm-hmm. minutes from home, UCLA wins this game. Depending on traffic, 70 minutes. Yeah, I mean, if you're unlucky, 144 minutes. If you're unlucky, you might want to leave a week early. Honestly, that California, that Southern California traffic can get absolutely you know stupid. Just take a jetpack. If you if you have a jetpack, tell me where to get one. <laughs> In the, next, we have the Independence Bowl. Texas Tech taking on the Cal Golden Bears, and I'm going to go and roll with the Cal Golden Bears on this one. Ned. One of the Pac-12 teams that was very, very competitive in the at a certain points in the season, too. Yeah, I mean, they're the team that gave Auburn a real big run for their money early on in the season um, and continue that really against a lot of teams this year. They they were in a lot of games. They didn't really have the offense to get them there, but that defense is very good. And Texas Tech really hit or miss. Um, I'm also going Cal on this one. All right, we are both on the Golden Bears. Next, we have the famous Toastery Bowl, also known as the Bahamas Bowl. Western Kentucky, home of Kelsey's favorite quarterback, Bailey Zappi, taking on Old Dominion and I'm gonna go with your. I'm gonna go with what could be your, in a way, your favorite alma mater in Western Kentucky on this one. I think they're both good teams, but I'm gonna give the slight edge to that high flying offense. Yeah, fun fact: I got received a full scholarship from Western Kentucky, but I chose not to go there. Um, not sure why, but it's you know one of those weird things in life. Anyways, um, Western Kentucky really, really fun offense as always. They continue their high powered offenses. Old Dominion, though, since coming up to D1, has been. Pretty good. Uh, and so I'm going to go Old Dominion on this one. I just think they're going to continue rolling. Um, and this kind of thread is going to continue a little bit more later on in our pickums too. Old uh, by the way, this, this bowl game was moved from the Bahamas to like North Carolina or something for, I don't know, what whatever reasons. That's why they changed the name of it. I feel bad for the people going to that bowl. They're like, what? I was here for the Bahamas. Like, I didn't sign up for this. Like, this is ridiculous. But From Nassau, Bahamas to somewhere in North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. What next thing you know, you're gonna send them to the boonies of West Virginia at this point. Like, wait, wait to just completely neuter their their fun at the bowl game. But <laughs> next we're gonna go to the Frisco Bowl. And Frisco, by the way, for those who don't know, the site of the FCS championship coming up in coming up not too long too is they're in the final four of those playoffs. So fun fact for those who like football as well. Montana. They're they're rolling right now in the final four. Marshall take on UTSA. And you know what? We just talked about the FCS. So I'm gonna go ahead and lean with Marshall on this one, a former. Former former FCS school in Marshall, so I'm going to take Marshall. Actually, both teams former FCS schools. Um, UTSA a little bit more recently than Marshall, though. But I um, I I also don't care about that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I am going with Marshall. Uh, thundering herd. I, I don't know why I've always had good luck picking Marshall in bowl games, though. Yeah, absolutely. Next we have the Boca Raton Bowl. Is USF taking on Syracuse and? I'm going to go with USF on this one. Syracuse has some good moments. They've had some strong performances this year. I remember against Clemson, they looked really good at certain points too, but I'm still going to, I'm still not going to take them. I'm still going to take USF. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, this is basically a home game for South Florida, so I'm going to stick with it. Next, we have the Gasparilla Bowl. Is Georgia Tech taking on 2017 alleged champions UCF? And I'm gonna that I think Georgia Tech's a really good squad, but I'm still gonna take UCF as well. They're still not national champions from that year, but I think they'll win this bowl game. And the reigning 20, whatever year it was, national champions, UCF get to play a home game here um mm-hmm. against Georgia Tech. It really is. I mean, it honestly might as well be a home game. You're going across the state for two by two hours um versus Georgia Tech having to travel like seven or eight to get down there. Um, I'm going UCF as well in the Gasparilla Bowl. Next, we have the Birmingham Bowl, one close to Kelsey's heart, but not not in a good way. As we now have Troy taking on Duke, and Duke, I'm a little concerned with because I'm the quarterback situation. I'm like, who's playing, who's not playing, that sort of thing. So I'm going to go ahead and lean towards Troy on this one. Yeah, I, um, I'm wholeheartedly taking Troy on this one. This is a team that honestly should be in a different bowl game. They finished 11 and two, by the way, but because they're the Sun Belt team, 
they get the shaft. So, uh, yeah, I'm 100% going Duke here. Uh, or, sorry, not Duke. I'm 100% going Troy here um, in the uh, the Birmingham Bowl. By the way, only about three and a half hours, four hours um, away from Birmingham and about an hour and a half from my parents' house is Troy. Very interesting. Very noted as well. All right. So a little bit of home cooking there maybe for you. Next, we got the Camellia Bowl as Arkansas State taking on Northern Illinois. I'm not as familiar with both teams. Like This was the ones I haven't watched a whole lot of, but I did see a little bit of Northern Illinois. I think they got a little bit of games. So I'm going to lean towards Northern Illinois. But I will say that from a admittance of ignorance on Arkansas State, I've not seen a whole lot of them this year. Yeah, so I'm kind of with you there. I also really have not paid much attention to either one of these teams. So I went to mascots like I do. <laughs> I went with what is going to be better, a Saluki, which is just a dog. Very weird-looking dog if you've never seen a Saluki. It's very... Tall, narrow, and skinny, and hairy. It's creepy. Or a red wolf. What is a red wolf, you ask? I don't know the difference between a wolf and a red wolf, but you know what? I don't care. It's a wolf. Hmm. Wolf versus a Saluki. I'm going to take a wolf. So I'm, I went Arkansas State here. I will take both as long as I don't have to, as long as I don't have to vacuum after Look, you. If I, had, if I had the money to afford a Saluki, I'd probably try to see, see what it was like to raise a Saluki. But you know what? I'm also not trying to win a game. That that's fair as well. That I'm not trying to win a bowl game. But speaking of bowl games, we're now head to the Armed Forces Bowls. Air Force is taking on James Madison as well. James Madison getting a chance to play in the bowl game. The Armed Forces Bowl. We got Air Force and James Madison is going to do probably going to do a lot of harm. I'm going to take James Madison to win and cover the spread. Whatever the spread is, I like James Madison in this a lot. Yeah, um, really good team. Only mm-hmm. one loss on the season had a chance to be that team in the power of five, you know, in the power in the new year six bowl games. And like I said, former D two or D or D one double a school moving up. Uh, the thread's going to continue. So here it is. James Madison is my pick. Surprise, surprise. No one. And by the way, my shout out, my uncle AJ, this is his uh, alma mater. Oh, very nice. James Madison just up the street from me as well, too. So a little bit, a little bit of home cooking for both of us there, but Next, we got the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, one of my favorite ones just for the name alone as a potato. And we have a guest that is an alma mater of one of these teams, or is an alumni of one of these teams. That we have, too, is we got Georgia State taking on Utah State. And, you know, you let the cat out of the bag with the guest who's who's an alum. I'm going to take Utah State in this one. Yeah, uh, shout out Brendan McFadden. um, Coach Brendan McFadden, I should say now. Uh, He is a former Utah State football player, played with Turbin, played with Bobby Wagner. So definitely going Utah State on this one. Also, I still love the the Idaho Potato Bowl every year. It's just, to me, it's one of the classic bowls nowadays. It, it really is. It's become a mainstay. A new, one that's not a mainstay that's a little bit newer to me is the 68. Before we go to it, hold on. Let me, I got to ask a question. Do you think they get a year's worth of potatoes from Idaho Potato, from famous Idaho? Maybe before inflation, but I don't know about now. I mean, that, that's uh, probably that's point, yeah. now. Like, maybe yeah, back sure. in the day. But maybe maybe. medallion potatoes, a little square, the circle ones. Maybe. maybe not a year supply, maybe like a month supply, something like that, too. Like, uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Maybe for just like the bowl MVP, they give them a little something or something. Like, oh, no. yeah, that'd be a good. Oh, yeah, there you a go. A month of potatoes, and it's like, all right, you get to save your NIL money on French fries. There you go. Now you just have to make them yourself. But, it, you know, mm-hmm. it's fine. I'd take that deal. 100%. Don't even have to ask twice. I'm trying to manifest a new existence for me for thinking of it. Like, give me, a, give me like a. If it comes with stuff. the air fryer, if I didn't already have an air fryer, if it came with the air fryer, too. That's fair. That, you know what? I'll take, take either one. But, Next, we're going to go to a bowl game that I haven't heard too much about. It is the 68 Ventures Bowl. We got Eastern Michigan taking out South Alabama. Once again, another one. I'm not as familiar with Eastern Michigan, but I know a little bit about South Alabama, and they're a pretty solid squad. So I'm going to roll with South Alabama. Yeah. Um. So this is the 25th annual. I think this replaced the Belk Bowl. I don't oh. know what this is. Uh, like I think, but I do believe it's the formerly Belk Bowl um, game because it's in Mobile. So yeah, I don't know. What happened? This is, you know, what this the naming rights. Oh, no, sorry. It is the Lending Tree Bowl, formerly the Lending Tree Bowl. Oh, okay. Well, okay. never mind. Then. I have heard of this bowl, then I retract that statement. Yes. Um, so, formerly Lending Tree Bowl, played in Mobile, um, South Alabama. Uh, that is literally their home city. That is the home stadium they play in. Um, so, I'm going to stick with that and, and South Alabama here, Eastern Michigan. I just, I don't care. <laughs> Fair reasoning. Next, we have the Las Vegas Bulls. Northwestern taking on Utah. And Northwestern has had a heck of a job. Their coaching staff has done a damn good job this year. We talked about Dion taking a one-win team to a four-win team. Northwestern, they took from a one-win team to a seven-win team. So Northwestern deserves their props and their flowers. 
they're losing this game to Utah, though, is how I'm going to go with it. Utah is still a very good team that finds a way to win these type of games, and they are very well coached, and they still have a very good roster. So I'm going to take Utah. Give me the pig farmer, the the, the starting quarterback for for uh, Utah. Evidently, he was a pig farmer. Um, so, hey, shout out him. Um, yeah, give me Utah here. Uh, you know what? Now that you mentioned it that way, give me Utah and the spread by that when you when you word it that way. Next, <laughs> next we got the Hawaii Bulls. We got San Jose State taking on Coastal Carolina. And that is a long trip for Coastal Carolina. Normally, when I look at those type of trips, I might take the team like San Jose State that gets to save like five hours on the trip. But I think Coastal Carolina is just a better team than San Jose State. I think they're a comfortable enough better team where they will still win this game despite that egregiously long flight. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. I think Coastal is just one of those teams that just their game travels, and I'm gonna stick with that because, and they're also right on the coast in South Carolina. This is, might literally be the furthest travel for any team in the in in any bowl this year. I actually think it is the furthest travel. Just logistically thinking about it, you are quite literally going from Charleston, South Carolina, to well, Hawaii. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's much further than that. Um, so yeah. I'm going to go Coastal Carolina on this one as well. Next, we got the Quick Lane Bowl. As Bowling Green is going to take on Minnesota, and I'm going to stick with Minnesota on that one. I think that's just a, I think that's just a better team. Can I get that one more time? What, what was it again? Minnesota. Min, min, min what? Yeah, Minnesota. You said, it, you said it better the first time. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Hey. Yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to row the boat here with Minnesota as well. The Golden Gophers and their 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 boat rowing is a lot of fun. Um, so I'm going to stick with them as well. We're both on the Minnesota train, train it looks like. So next, that's going to take us to the first responder bowl. This is one that's been around for quite a while. So we got Texas State taking on a rice. And not, I'm going to take Texas State in this one. I'm Once again, it's the one I'm not as familiar with, but I've seen a slight bit of Texas State, so I'm going to go and roll with them. Yeah, um, so originally I was really concerned about this one because I had no idea where the right way to go here is. But you know what the difference is? Our good friend over at the Insert Name FC podcast, Hector Flores, he is an alumni of Texas State. Uh-huh. And so did one um, Smash Williams try out for the Texas State team uh, in Friday Night Lights TV show, if you don't remember. They were called something else at the time. But no, actually, I think they kept the, the Texas State name. Anyways, uh, yeah, I'm just like figuring out reasons. Plus, it's a Bobcat versus an Al. I'm taking a Bobcat. So Texas State here. You know, I can't argue, can't go against Smash Williams in that one. He's bounced back, he's bounced back real nicely since that knee injury. But next we got the guaranteed rate bowls. Kansas taking on UNLV. And I like UNLV, but I like Kansas a little bit more. That was a very, very underratedly good Big 12 team. That's a nice wins this year. Yes. I picked them as my dark horse to win the Big 12. They almost still pulled it off without Jaden or Jaden Daniel or yeah, Jaden Daniels at all this. They're not Jaden Daniels. Jalen Daniels and yeah, sorry. I do it every time, hmm. but Jalen Daniels at quarterback and, and instead did it with being a quarterback who has been a fantastic quarterback all year. Um, and I think that continues. And it's not just him, that running game for Kansas. Holy cow. Where did that come from? A hometown kid, by the way, a kid from Lawrence, Kansas leading the way for the Kansas Jayhawk. So rock chalk all the way. Hmm. Um, give me, give me Kansas in the guaranteed rate bowl. Next, we have the military bowl is Kelsey Sweetheart Tulane taking on Virginia Tech. I like Virginia Tech. They're a close by school to me. Beamer ball is what we grew up with. A lot we heard about relentlessly as youngins. I'm still taking Tulane in this one. Tulane's a very, very good squad. So give me Tulane. Yeah. Um, despite the fact I've uh, I've met one of the running backs for Virginia Tech Tech in my life. Um, he was coached by one of my good friends down at James Madison, or not uh, James Madison, John Milrow or Don Millage. Academy in Milledgeville, Georgia. Um, despite that, I'm not going with Virginia Tech because, as you said, Tulane has my heart. Hmm. Um, and this is the only time I'll ever say these words, or at least one of these words, but roll wave. Roll green wave. So give me Tulane. Yeah, awfully close to having so many different cards in your life. Sure, I make sure I paused there. I just had to, like, make sure I said the right letters. Yeah, that's fair. Next, we got another well-known name, Duke's Mayo Bulls. North Carolina taking on West Virginia. North Carolina, a really good team, but there will be no Drake May in this game as he has decided to opt out for and prepare for the NFL draft. So for that, I am going to take West Virginia. Yeah, and he's not the only person uh, 
opting out for North Carolina. Their lead wide receiver also followed in foot in his foot in the footsteps of Drake May and said, I will not be playing and I am entering the 2024 draft. And that's all the reason I needed to say, mm, mm. no, thank you, North Carolina. I'm also going with West Virginia here. As much as I respect them and would probably do the same thing, I still kind of hate the whole being able to opt out thing. Like it makes sense. If I do the same thing, I just hate it from a selfish perspective of not getting to see these guys one more time. I also hate it from a betting perspective because I, uh, yeah. Um, by the way, Duke's Mayo Bowl, the last four years have has hit the over all four years. Do you notice that this is the year where we bet the under because it will spite us for trying to follow the trends? That's fair. If Mayo's not taught us anything in our life, it's that it will spite us when we least expect it. But next, we got a, the Holiday Bowl as we got Louisville taking on the University of Southern California. And in the same vein as uh, North Carolina, there will be no Caleb Williams for, for USC. So I'm going to take Louisville and to cover the spread because that team was kind of built on the back of Caleb Williams just throwing the ball all over the place and a spread and gun offense, and that's not going to be the same. So give me Louisville. Yeah, you know, it's funny because he's still awaiting his decision technically. The dude's already opted out. Like, is there really any question to what his actual decision is going to be going forward? Um, also, fun fact about this game, when you look at the billing for it, it's not USC that it's listed as. They literally list it as Southern Cal. That's how little faith the USC boosters have in this one. So they're like not even wanting to put the USC name on this. Like, so Southern Cal, when the boosters don't come behind you, I'm obviously not going your way. And Louisville is a really good team this year, just shy of being able to win the ACC. Absolutely as well. And next we got the Texas Bowl. No, excuse me. We got the Texas Bowl. Yes, yeah, we got Oklahoma State taking on Texas A&M. And once again, I'm going against the trend of taking the home team. I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. Ollie Gordon was in that Heisman run. He had an incredible season putting the Cowboys on his back. And if he plays in this game, which I believe he is going to, I don't think he's opted out yet. I think he's going to put on a show in this game. In this game. Yeah, so I do believe he just actually opted out. Well, I'm still going to take Oklahoma State regardless. Just less. Likely. Yeah, this offense is still so good. Um, while Ollie Gordon did make a lot of it move, uh, it it's it's not what made this team win. Their defense is good. Their offense as a whole is good. Their quarterback needs some work. There's no question about that. But give me Oklahoma State in this one as well. Uh, I just don't trust Texas A&M at all. Plus, you're still playing Jimbo Fisher, so you you probably need to win the game, but you're not going to. That, that's the ultimate way to describe Texas A&M at this point. But next, we have the Fenway Bowl. It's number 24, SMU, taking on Boston College. And just give me SMU. I'll keep it short and sweet. I'm taking SMU. Yeah, uh, 100% rolling with old Rhett Lashley and that SMU team. I mean, they are really good. Uh, again, talk about a team that probably had a conversation for a New Year's Six Bowl. Unfortunately, yeah, didn't get it. So they, they were in the thick of it, that is for sure, as well. Next, we got the pinstripe ball, not the pinstripes like you'd see at a footlocker, as well. As we got Rutgers taking on Miami of Florida, and I think it's a really close matchup. I'm going to lean towards Miami of Florida. I think what if they're assuming there's no opt outs or any major opt outs, I think they got just a few more of those main blue chip caliber players that make the difference in this game. Yeah, my only concern for Miami is who's playing quarterback, which is why I didn't pick them. I don't <laughs> know who's playing quarterback right now. Um, and that's that's a big issue. Uh, they were already a struggling team offensively. You add in who's going to be your quarterback. Could it have been? Could it be the what was the fourth string on their starting depth chart this year? It's possible. Um, so it's just too many unknowns offensively for me. But with that said, it's also an unknown to take Rutgers. So I flipped a coin, <laughs> and again I asked, "What's more deadly, a hurricane or a night?" And I've never actually seen a physical embodiment of a hurricane. It's just kind of a anomaly in the, in, the, in the weather system. So I couldn't actually you know justify picking it. So I picked the Knights. You know that's perfectly fair as well too. Can't can't argue with can't Sorry, argue with the My bad. Next we got every, one of everyone's favorite snacks, the Pop Tarts Bowl. As we had number eighteen, NC State taking on twenty five, Kansas State. Kansas State's been very very good, but NC State has won seven six of their last seven to end the season, including a couple of big wins over UNC. Can't they got UNC, Wake Forest, Clemson, Miami. They have some good wins in there. So I'm going to take NC State with a little bit of a high hand heading into this one. That's fair. Uh, K-State, is that a lot of opt-outs, a lot of transfers? But you know what? There's no bigger program about the next man up mentality than K-State, the definition of next man up with their all their walk-ons. So give me K-State. I like it. Next, we got the Alamo Bowl. Is number 12 Oklahoma taking on number 14 Arizona. Who thought before the season we'd have 12 Oklahoma and 14 Arizona? Did not have that at all. 
I didn't even have it in basketball without my bingo card for that one either. But <laughs> I'm going to take Arizona because Dylan Gabriel and a couple of the other Oklahoma big players are opting out of it. If you told me everyone was a go, I'd take OU. But the opt-outs of the OU have me a little concerned. So I'm going to take Arizona by a slim margin. Uh, fun fact, Oklahoma's entire starting offense, starting offensive line has now officially transferred out um, as of today. And that was terrifying. Not as terrifying as the fact they're going to the SEC next year, which is why Brent Venables will figure out a way to get this defense going and somehow beat Arizona, who, while competitive all season long and had some good episodes, has not always been there offensively. Nope. So I'm going Oklahoma. We're taking the under in this game. That is all there oh, is. Oh, 100%. Also, I'm really curious to see how this young quarterback for Oklahoma plays against Arizona. Absolutely. So that'll be a good test for him. Next, we got the Gator Bowl featuring Clemson and Kentucky. I don't know. Clemson's going to have a lot of players opting out, transferring that sort of thing too. Whereas I think Kentucky's going to keep a good chunk of their team. So, but I'm still going to lean slightly towards Clemson. I think just by the skin of their teeth, this is going to be a lot closer than if you'd have asked me like four, four or five weeks ago. But I think this one's going to be a lot closer than, than if you'd asked me then, or even the beginning of the season. Yeah. Kentucky has little to no opt outs right now, um, but they do have some transfer guys, but I'm still taking Kentucky. That offensive line, that, that run game is really good. Um, especially if you just asked Louisville about it. So yeah, uh, give me Kentucky here. But absolutely. And next we're going to hit, we're going to go ahead and take a look at, excuse me, couldn't forgot how to talk there for a second. Tony, the tiger sun bowl, Notre Dame taking on Oregon state. There will be no Sam Hartman. And I don't think there will be a DJU either as well as it looks like he is off visiting, visiting for in the transfer portal as well. I'm going to take Oregon State. I think they're just a slightly better team than Notre Dame overall. And I think Sam Hartman really did carry that offense a lot of the season. So him not playing is a big deal. But I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, I, my initial thought was to take Oregon State. But I started thinking about it. And I don't know if there's ever been a more must-win Sun Bowl for a, US, or for a Notre Dame coach than this one for Marcus Freeman. I feel like for Marcus Freeman, if they lose this, I don't know if Marcus Freeman's still around next year. And it seems weird to say that there's a must-win for the Sun Bowl, but I'm saying it. There's a must-win for the Sun Bowl for Notre Dame right now. It just feels like Marcus Freeman has had a lot right now, talent-wise, and they just haven't done enough. So, yeah, give me Notre Dame in this one, and they must win. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I think it'll be a very close one as well. Next, we have the Liberty Bowl. As Memphis is taking on Iowa State, I'm going to lean a little bit more towards Iowa State. I just think they're a better team. If they have opt-outs, I haven't looked too far into I just think they're better across the board. Yeah, give me Iowa State. There's... That's just what it is. Absolutely. And now we're starting to get into the fun ones as we are at the end of December, early part of January. We'll jump a little out of order here. We're going to go with the Music City Bowl as Kelsey's Auburn Tigers are taking on Maryland. I'm giving a slight edge to Auburn. I think that's it. I think they're going to come off a little bit of momentum, even though that, that lost Alabama is a very, very competitive game. I think they'll take a little momentum and take out Maryland. Yeah, you know, Auburn has a trouble with quarterbacks that can, that can run and throw. And uh, there just happens to be a tag of Iloa on the other side of this game for maryland and uh, that spells trouble for auburn so give me maryland in this one and i am yes 100 picking against auburn i will say the last time they played a tug of Iloa, they did break his hip so i mean oh no wait, they played mac jones after talking about lois they played mac jones after after Tua got injured i was like but hold on beat, no they beat that team though and they they almost beat him with Tua as well too just just saying like they, hey, they've almost beat a lot of teams they almost beat Jalen milrow this year but we'll you know what? Maybe this is the one that gets them right over the hump as well. So wait, wait, see. And I'm not putting too much stock into it, but I, I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in Maryland either. But next, we got the Arizona Bulls. Wyoming taking on Toledo. No Arizona in sight for this one. We're gonna go with Wyoming. A couple of near wins, some really competitive games. Just pretty solid overall team. I think this will be the type of the way bowl season goes. This will be the one where they win a bowl game, basically. Yeah. Hey, Mountain West team that's really good. Um, give me, give me Wyoming. Outstanding. Next, we have the Reliant Quest Bowl as number 13 LSU takes on Wisconsin. I don't know if Jay Daniels, Malik Nabbers, and all of them are going to play, but if even a couple of them play or any of them play, I'm going to take LSU comfortably over Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I just don't like Wisconsin in this game, honestly. Um, and again, I went down to, to, to mascots to win this one. A Badger or a Tiger, I'm going to take a Tiger. Absolutely, or a honey badger as as it was for LSU for well, a couple. I years mean, ago. there's no honey badger in the in that Wisconsin team, that's for sure. Definitely not. Definitely not anymore. Next, we have the Citrus Bowls, number 17 Iowa taking on number 21 Tennessee. A battle of no offense whatsoever, and defense goes against a whole lot of offense, but some questionable defense here and there. I'm going to lean towards that Iowa defense. I haven't seen much for holdouts, and I think that defense is still really good. 
They won't score. They literally have applications for offensive coordinator posts online, <laughs> like, which I thought about going. I will, I will go apply for at this rate. I'll take Iowa because I think it's going to be just a weirdly hideous game, and I don't know who for Tennessee is sitting out. I don't know if Milton's going to sit out, so I'll take I'll take Iowa. So uh, we're going to co-offensive coordinate this team because uh, I also put in my application for this team. Well, in that so case, gonna... everybody pick the over. We got this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, anyways, uh, yeah, give me Iowa as well. Um, and there's just I don't trust Tennessee's offense. There's just been too hot and cold, and again, I just I don't like hot and cold teams at all. So give me Iowa's defense. Absolutely. Next, we're going to get into the fun ones. We got the quote unquote New Year's six ones, even if they're not all on New Year's Day specifically. These are kind of the these are the main ones we got going for. So we're going to go with the Cotton Bowl. Number seven, Ohio State taking on number nine, Missouri. Ohio State is a better team, but you are guaranteed to not have you don't know who your quarterback is. You don't know if your top two receivers are going to be there or even your top three. The transfer portal is taking a number on the Buckeyes. And I don't know who their backups are in this case. So. I'm going to take Missouri because I don't I haven't heard a whole lot about holdouts, notable holdouts for him. No, and and Schrader will be playing for Missouri, and that's all I needed to hear. That running back set the set the world on fire this year and led the SEC in rushing. Former walk on, um, so give me give me Schrader here and and Mizzou. And if it comes down to a kick, I'm not concerned because Mizzou has already won so many games on last second field goals this year. Um, also, yeah, no quarterback, no Marvin Harrison, Maybe. no real receivers to speak of at this point in time and no tight end for uh, Ohio state. And I think I'm not sure if a uh, Travion Williams is is playing either as well. I'm not sure. I think Fleming's in the transfer portal. I don't know if a Mecca's play. Like, I just don't know with Ohio state. Like it feels like that loss to Michigan was the effective end of their season at this point. Yeah, so. pretty much. Yeah. So next we're going to take a look at the peach bowl. Number 10 Penn state take on number 11 Ole Miss. I like Ole Miss a lot. I think that offense is really, really good led by Lane Kiffin. But I'm still going to take Penn State. This just feels like the type of game they find a way to win in some goofy Penn State fashion that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, this is this does seem like one. Um, although, again, on the on the Super Show, I did get to talk with Kevin about this, and his co-host is a Penn State grad. Um, he's also the person I lost to the bet with <laughs> for Penn State um, and Auburn, so I won't talk about that. But yeah, no, um, it you know Penn State is is a team, but if they're they're ranked below 12, then they usually lose their bowl game. That's just how it ends up working out. And Ole Miss, honestly, I don't care what Jackson Dart does. The the the, the game is going to be filled with Judkins with another seven-yard rush. And Judkins takes it around the right end with a seven-yard run. And nobody can bring down Judkins as he rattles off 14. That's exactly how this game is going to go. So give me Ole Miss. As long as Gary Danielson's not on the call, that's all that matters at this point. So bless Amen. that. Next, we got the Fiesta Bowl. Oregon taking on Liberty, and this one to me comes down to do Bo Nix and Franklin play, or do they opt out? Because if they play, I'm going to take Oregon by double digits. If they don't, I'm going to take Liberty. But I think at least one of if not both of them play. So I'm going to take Oregon, but by a slim margin. Yeah, I think the spread on this one is still 14. Um, with that said, I'm taking Liberty in the points. Like I think they cover the spread, but I'm going to take Oregon to win the game. Absolutely. for are in the same boat. And we got what? not even 20 days ago was considered a playoff game is we have the orange bowl, Florida state taking on Georgia. And I don't like this game because I don't know who's going to play. I don't know what the method is with Florida state. If there's like, you know what? Fine. We're not boy. We're not playing. We're boycotting. So I'm going to predict this one as if everyone's full go and it is a playoff game. And I'm going to take Florida state because I think if all systems are firing, I like that Florida state defense. I think they could give Carson Beckham that offense in trouble, especially if Brock Bowers does decide to opt out. Yeah, there's been several opt-outs for this Georgia team, um, by the way, and and their number one receiver actually entered the transfer portal as well. So there's a lot of opt-outs, and they're also their top freshman receiver as well entered the transfer portal. So with that said, I also look at this game as a chance for Florida State to be like, you know what, forget you guys. I'm going to go out here, and I'm going to beat the what was consensus number one team, and then I'm putting up my own little banner that says, hey, we're the national champions, because that just seems to be what happens in Florida. So I'm going to take Florida State for the upset here. Um, I didn't want to go to mascots, though, because a Seminole versus a dog. I want to respectively take the dog, but I also don't like Georgia that much uh, as on a personal level. So that's, per- that's perfectly fair. And I think if Florida State does come out with that mentality, I think they have they win. The, I think they will win this game. My only concern is if they take the opposite. We'll have to wait and see until that actual game. But now we got the big ones. Now we got the playoff games. We got the ones where there will be no opt outs. At least we, at least I hope not. At least nobody has opted out yet, and I really hope they don't decide to start now. But we're going to start with the Rose Bowl. Is number one Michigan taking on the inexplicably in the playoffs, number four Alabama. 
I know Michigan's known to choke in these type of games. It's what they've done the last couple of years. But I'm going to say this is where they get over the hump and finally win one of those. I'm going to take Michigan. They're very similar teams. They're both defensively really good and offensively inept with dual threat-ish quarterbacks. Mill Rose, I think, is a little more dynamic. But I'm going to take Blake Corman, Donovan Edwards just to control the game. It's going to be ugly. We're going to take the under. No one's going to like it. Like, it's going to hurt. Both teams are going to be they're going to be blue afterwards, for lack of better terms. Like, it's going to be ugly. But I'm going to take Michigan by the skin of their teeth. Okay. Um, I was going to take Michigan before the game against Ohio State. I, I figured Michigan gets here. And my thought was, oh, Michigan wins everything. Big problem being Michigan's offensive line. Uh, you lose Zinter. You also lose a left tackle, right tackle? One of the tackles as well. Um, I don't know if he'll be healthy in time for the Bama game. And even if he is, has he been, is he is he back health, like actually healthy, healthy, like 100% healthy, ready game time? Because he has to take on one of the freakish at, most freakish athletes on defense uh, in, for Bama and I don't know if they're ready for that. I'm going to say Bama and a squeaker, and this one hurts me a lot. Honestly, I was wrong if I picked one, and I was wrong if I picked the other, but still picking Bama hurts. I think the winners could be determined in the first quarter, as goofy as that is. Like, I think this game's going to be decided in that first quarter. If Alabama goes and punches Michigan in the face and they then they don't answer back right away, I think it's over. And if Michigan punches Alabama in the face, we know they can answer back, if, but it hasn't been their strongest suit. And that's when Michigan gets rolling is when they can front run. That's fair. If it, I will say this. If it's a 10-point game... At any point in time going into the fourth quarter, no matter which way it's a 10-point game, Bama wins that game. Interesting. All right. I like it. So you're saying Michigan's up 10 nothing going into the fourth, they don't, then Alabama will cover it? Yep. Bama wins. So basically Michigan has to either be up big or it has to be within two seven. touchdowns. I, I, think, I think for Michigan to win, they have to go into the fourth quarter with two touchdowns. Or with a two-touchdown. They have to roll them, for lack of better terms, and then maybe Alabama makes it close late. Yeah. All Potentially. Right. Well, definitely. I that. Don't argue that necessarily. If either team's going to come back, I'd probably lean more towards Alabama making the comeback. So, And then we got, in what my opinion, is probably the best matchup of all of the games so far. One that I kind of wish was the national championship. Wish we could have got this one. But at least we guarantee get it now as we got number two, Washington, taking on number three, Texas, in the Sugar Bowl. Well, I don't know what the over is, but I'm leaning awfully close towards it. I'm definitely feeling it. As we got, I'm going to take Washington. I think they just have a little bit better athletes, especially on the outside. Both quarterbacks have played outstanding. Defenses are opportunistic if because they're not that great. But I'm going to lean slightly towards Michael Penix just making enough plays. That's a very experienced quarterback. So I'm going to take Michael Penix. And Quinn has been banged up, which has caused him to miss some time. So he has experience, but not to the same level. So give me Penix in this game and the Washington Huskies to go to the Natty. Yeah, um, funny enough, the last time Washington was in the playoffs was led by Jake Browning, and that was a wash. And in a near-home game against their opponent, Again, now they're back in the playoffs and they're in a near home game against their opponent, at least relatively compared to Washington. I know it's still a 10 hour drive, but still, I digress. Um, but it's definitely closer than Washington from Austin to New Orleans. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to take Roma Duze. I'm going to take Michael Penix to right the wrongs of Washington's past uh, and win this one. I just think their offense is too good. DeBoer has, has got that offense rolling. Um, and and Michael Penix's out routes are almost unguardable. And who's going to cover Roma Duse? Nobody on I'm not, I'm not putting anybody on. I'm not putting a single person on him. I'm putting multiple people on him. I mean, I might even Calvin Johnson triple team him. Like, and then that, else is about to cook real quickly. Like, you're yeah. the, the, Texas just doesn't have the hogs on defense to keep up with him, I don't think. And I just, Texas's running game is, again, hot and cold all season long. And that's been a concern. Like, when they that's why they struggled when Quinn Ewers wasn't in the game, wasn't in on the team. So, I, I I question that. I do think Jonathan Brooks is a good player. I just don't think their offensive line is good enough. Absolutely. And then just to round it off, how it has now is you have Mi- I have Michigan taking on Washington. You have Alabama taking on Washington in what would be the national championship. Obviously, it's not set in stone yet, but if that plays out the way I think it will, I'm going to take Washington in that one as well, too. I think Washington will find a way to – they'll find some openings on that Michigan defense that Ohio State could do in small spurts but couldn't really capitalize on because Pettix is not going to make those same mistakes that we saw Kyle McCord make. So I'm going to say Washington in the final year of the Pac-12 brings on the national championship trophy over Michigan. Uh, agreed. It's written in the storybook. Um, the team that the, the conference announces it's it's ending. The team that was done wrong in the in, in a previous playoff from that conference gets back to the playoff, wins their first game, gets to face the team that did them wrong in the first playoffs and shake all the demons of Nick Saban out. 
um, in what is a more neutral game than it was in the first playoff game for a national championship. So, yeah, give me Washington as well um, against Bama, uh, in my opinion. I think that's how that will shake out. Um, but, yeah, we'll wait and see, obviously, how that plays out. But, yeah, I would have Washington win the national championship as well. Absolutely. We'll definitely be sure to tune in. Once we actually get the national championship game announced, we'll definitely be sure to go through that game as well, too. But as of right now, we're in the same 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 boat on that one as well, Tim. Definitely looking forward to these bowl games too, and I can't wait to get it started. Plus, we're in the air, we're in the era where there's going to be football basically every day for the next handful of weeks with Saturday night NFL kicking in to go along with all of this. So it's going to be a, a busy couple of weeks on the gridiron. But that's going to do it here for the bowling part of the show. And for as far as crunch time, Kelsey, do you have anything we want to take a look at, or we're you know we feeling pretty good about rounding it out on bowling? Yeah, you know, I got one thing to say. It has nothing to do with anything we're talking here. I just want to shout out, I uh, mentioned him earlier, a good friend of mine, coach down in Georgia. Uh, his name is Cody Mahler. Coaches for the Perry Panthers, Perry High School Panthers. Uh, he has won three titles in the GISA um, with John Millage Academy. State titles. Now, returning to his alma mater, um, now coaching the offensive line for Perry and also their strength coach. He just won the state title for 4A, so congratulations to him. I want to shout that one out because that means a lot to that city and 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 him as well. It's been over seventy years for that city waiting on a on a state title. So uh, shout out Perry, shout out Coach Mahler, um, great job. That's absolutely awesome. So glad to hear that's a good way to round out the show. We appreciate you all for joining us here and going bowling with us as well too, and talking about Draymond Green doing Draymond things yet again. But we appreciate you all for hanging out with us. Be sure to follow us on all the major socials, and we will see you all again next time.